It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You ready to let the dogs out? What? Do what? Let the dogs out. You know, like, ooh, let the dogs out. Ooh, ooh. Off the Hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome. It is a Monday. Thank you, Amanda LaFrada and all of the good people that filled in for me. A couple of days off. Enjoyed that during the off week, but the off week's over. Let's get rolling. An eight-week gauntlet of football as the Vols will play LSU, and it gets rolling. Pretty tough schedule. Crazy already with us saying good morning, folks. Let's have a day. We will, and Crazy, I'm sorry that your emails went to spam and it took so long to get your shirts, but uh, they we saw them looking for another email and uh, we'll get them to you. And Amanda, are you okay? Sounds like things fell. Um, but Amanda LaFrada, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dave. I'm doing well as long as I didn't break anything just now. How are you? We missed you on uh, Thursday and Friday, so we're glad you're back. Thank you. And I do, I want to tell you, you did a fantastic job and we want to thank Chris Landry and we certainly want to thank uh, Caleb Calhoun for uh, pitching in the hand and a lot of developments over the weekend in the SEC that pertain to Tennessee that I want to get to. One thing I hate is when talk show hosts take a break and then come talk about something afterwards because news is news and it moves on. But I, I do want to take a second to address the to a tongue of Iola situation. It, it is absolutely despicable what the Miami Dolphins did. The fact that he was even in that game. Listen, it was 
it was a concussion issue. It was a neurological issue on the Sunday before the Thursday game. You can call it a back if you want to, but even if it's a back that bad, you shouldn't play four days later. These are the same Dolphins that supposedly went to their head coach at one point and offered him money to lose games so they could get a higher pick. It is dastardly. It is pathetic. People should be fired. If I'm to a Tungavala's agent, I've already been fired. Uh, Tua should do that right now. He should be looking out for his client and not the next contract, which apparently he was. I understand a lot is on the line for Tua. This is his make or break year. I get all that, but I don't think we have to look any further than Junior Seau to find somebody that dealt with depression and dealt with issues later in his life. That is much, much, much bigger than any Thursday night game. I was very disappointed in the sport I love. Um, it was one of those where I even considered, hey, I might just uh, hop on and host the show, but I do believe it, it's important to take breaks. So that being said, uh, we shall move on to the uh, innocent uh, saying uh, team doctor should be fired. Crazy saying same dolphins that got caught tampering as well. That is just, um, you know, we, we. OK, so I'm going to go a little bit further and then I'm going to move on. The NBA has taken away ownership of franchises for racially insensitive or all-out racist comments. I would have no problem if the NFL wanted to take that direction. Now, they're not going to because it's a bunch of billionaires that look out for one another. But the NFL is held in high esteem, higher than the NBA, and I'm fine with that <clears throat> off and selling that franchise to somebody else. I just was really, really bothered by it. Um, and Amanda did a, a great piece that you, you can check out on offthehooksports.com. Good morning, Chris. And it, 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 we talked to a couple of Tennessee players, what they thought about it. And Cooper Mays said on that story, if you would like to read it, it's kind of people that are deciding whether or not their kids should play football. Eh, I don't know. And then also Jacob Warren saying he's glad that people in his office have his back, and they do, I believe. So, yeah, as as a parent, um, yeah, I mean, who would not, Amanda, look at that and say, I mean, my mom, for instance, when my son played football for two or three years, uh, he, she was like, oh, you don't really want him to play football. I mean, have you seen the Will Smith movie, Concussion? And, um, uh yeah, I had, and I thought that we had moved on past that, and there were safety protocols. And there were there were actually a couple of instances in which I thought that people placed winning a little league football game over a kid's health. And so it's 2022, folks. So, Amanda, that's my rant. No, I mean, I completely agree with what you're saying, that, you know, the way that that was handled was was disastrous. The and they could say it's a back injury, and I understand that. And even you know, Coach Landry came on and said that those two things do present themselves as you know looking the same concussion or back injury, the wobbly kind of thing. Those present present themselves as looking 
pretty much the same thing. But I think after we saw Thursday night, what happened in the posturing that Tua did after he took that hit, we all know that it was, it was a mistake. It was, it was messed up. Um, they did fire the doctor, the independent I think, neurological Good. Yeah, Good. consultant or whatever he was. He's been fired for um, basically botching that whole thing. But my, my issue also with this is not only do you, it's not falling on the the shoulders of one guy. This isn't one guy's mistake. I mean, he, yes, he should be fired. Don't get me wrong, but there are a lot more heads that need to roll on have, on that Miami Dolphins organization. Yes. Have you seen the movie Any Given Sunday? Yes. The, they kind of botched it. You know, they had a good cast, and it was an okay movie. It could have been a great movie, but I think James Woods. Like people say I look like. Uh, James Woods played the doctor that was supposed to clean everything up. And, you know, at some point, I believe he got fired. That's immediately uh, popped into my head. Innocent saying, didn't Chris Benoit, he was the wrestler, uh, kill uh, himself due to effects later in life? Uh, well, I mean, you can't draw a direct correlation, but that is uh, probably the reason or based off the reports. Uh, spinal yeah. concussion is still neurological, Chris saying. And listen, folks. He shouldn't have been on the damn plane on Thursday night after. That's how insano the whole thing is. He he definitely had brain swelling. That's common sense. He should have been held from going back at a hospital and for further evaluation. Well, Cincinnati's medical center, they released him. So, I mean, they're they're really good. And they said he could fly on the plane. So I'm going to go with what they say because I don't have a – obviously, I'm not a doctor. I don't have a medical degree. But I can see that the he was not treated properly um, by by Miami or any, even the independent neuro, neurolo, neurological person, whatever they are, on the sidelines. That, that was a – it was completely botched. And – as a player, I understand that there are players that didn't say, I want to go in, I want to go in, I want to go in. Well, you also have to take into consideration, this is kind of like the drunk guy trying to drive at the end of the of the bar tap, like trying to leave the bar. I want to, I want to drive, I can drive, I can drive. No, you can't because you're not thinking right. You yeah, have something his, affecting But at it, that so. point, where's his agent? I, 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 I just, wow. The, the whole Making thing. Money. Yeah. Um, another comment. You think it's uh, guys getting uh, bigger and hitting harder than ever or equipment? I think the, the equipment, I think the equipment is about the only it, the equipment improved. Uh, Peyton Manning was actually one of the first. But goodness gracious, that's now been what? Uh, that was 90, so about it. 98. So that's been um, 25 years ago. So it could probably have another and it may have. The, the equipment, I think, helps. But is it guys getting bigger and stronger? Absolutely, it is. Uh, it's guys getting bigger and stronger. But I, people die like this all the time. Before my 10-year reunion, the week before, a friend of mine's husband was sitting on the back end of, you know, how people sit up on, especially at NASCAR events. I always winch when I see that since this point. But he was sitting on the back of the tailgate not the tailgate down, but the tailgate up. And the guy accidentally took off too fast. He fell back, hit his head, and died. He was he was 27 years old. 
and and that these injuries these deaths happen all the time but the thing is you know going into this that there is a greater probability for someone to injure themselves in a football game than just hanging out with buddies drinking a couple of beers sitting in the back of a pickup truck you know the likelihood is greater so you should mm-hmm. take these precautions i'm done okay rent over the down and dirty at 30 brought to you by honeybee coffee amanda and i were fortunate enough to meet on wednesday and i just ran through it and loved it loved the taste of that coffee and i'm not a coffee drinker literally the only time that i drink coffee is at honeybee coffee why is it so good amanda uh, top 5% of beans in the world. Uh, locally owned. I feel like locally owned stuff always tastes better, I guess, because you know you're not giving it to the man or, or whatever they say. <laughs> you know, you're not, you're you're beating the system or, or whatever. But it's just, it's good coffee. They treat their employees well. You could tell everybody's having a good time while they were there and working hard. And so I think that's a, a big part of it is, is the it being locally owned, but the the fact that it tastes good isn't doesn't necessarily hurt it. So now that helps that that helps a lot. All right, let's open this up to down and dirty at thirty. Your thoughts on the weekend that was in the SEC? It, if you looked at the schedule, you wouldn't have thought it was going to be all that eventful, but it turned out to be. What are a couple of your takeaways before I get to some of mine? So I'm I'm going to say this, and I. I'm mad at myself for not sticking to my guns and I should have stuck to them at the beginning of the season. I'm on one now. At the beginning of the season, I said, Georgia isn't that good. They're not that good. They have problems on defense. They're going to be exposed. You can't rebuild a whole defense in a year. No, 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 no. Georgia's great. Georgia's, Georgia's the best team in the nation. Well, Look I do, at how I do think you stuck by your guns. Why are well, you I, questioning yourself of questioning yourself? I, I thought you, I was the one who said, no, they're fine. They're going to reload. Yes. But I, after the first like two or after the first three games, I was like, okay, fine. Then they're good. Then I eat my words. They're good. And then the last two games, face down, face plant in the ground, Georgia. They are not good. I mean, they're good. Don't get me wrong. They're good. But they're not who they're posers. They are fakers. They are posers. And Tennessee, I told you would go ten and two, and I said they would beat Georgia, and I will stick by that right now. So the misses and I go out a, a rare date night on Saturday night, and we're uh, waiting for a table, and we we go sit at the bar, and we're, we're sitting there, and somebody's watching the Georgia game, and the misses rightfully so asked that I kind of tune things out when we do these things. So I had, but I look over and Missouri on this guy's phone, Missouri is leading Georgia. And I said, Whoa, what's happening there? And he said, yeah, it's pretty close. It's closer than it should be. I said, I said, closer than it should be. I said, Georgia's losing right now and very well could lose the game. I said, that'd be pretty funny. And he had his shoulder to me and he turned and he had a Georgia shirt on. And at that point, uh, he, we didn't speak any longer. He turned his back on me and he was a mad, mad 
Georgia fan. But Georgia does come back and win. I think there are a lot of things that happened over the weekend, Amanda, that really opened the door for Tennessee to have an even better season. I don't want to get ahead of myself, and I certainly, as what I'm going to mention here momentarily, I'm not in any shape or form celebrating injuries, but you look at uh, Georgia beating Missouri, they needed 14 fourth quarter points to come back and win. Alabama beats Arkansas 49 to 26 in a game that I thought that score was a little bit, um, a little, I didn't, I thought the game was closer than that. 49, 26, 21 fourth, uh, fourth quarter points. And that's Alabama wearing Arkansas down, but that was a ball game. Bryce Young has to go out for a bit. It looks like everything's okay, but we're talking about a throwing shoulder. So does that affect him later for a Tennessee game? Again, we, we 100% hope he's okay. Ole Miss beats Kentucky 22-19. to 19. So this is a very similar type of offense that Lane Kiffin runs that Tennessee does. Not exactly the same, but similar. Uh, so they're able to put up 22 with a group of guys that are a lot, largely transfer guys and I think Tennessee can have success against that Kentucky offense. And LSU uh, has to struggle, who Tennessee will play this week, uh, has to struggle to beat Auburn. And at at one point, uh, LSU's starting quarterback, who we'll talk more about, had to leave the game with an injury as well, but it looks like he is okay. So uh, there, there are a lot of things, again, not celebrating injuries whatsoever, and we don't want those to happen, but there are a lot of things that happened over the weekend that, would seem to open the door for Tennessee to have even a better opportunity to beat some of the teams that they shouldn't, in particular, Georgia. Georgia just struggled against Missouri when the week before you played horrible against Sanford. I mean, if you don't get your players' attention there, you've got to wonder not only about a talent and chemistry thing on the field, you've got to worry about a culture thing. You should come out and make a statement the week after that game. Yeah, so I can I'm going to go through what you just discussed. The Georgia team not only looks bad with chemistry on the field, but if you've noticed and I've seen snippets, there have been sideline problems with Georgia during the games. There have been players getting into it, getting into coaches' faces. Like I mean, it's not it doesn't look like a respectable organization at the moment. It, it just doesn't. It does not look as structured as everyone thought that it, it was. It looks very chaotic over there. And that's a good thing, honestly, for Tennessee. But I think if you're Tennessee, you're glad that Georgia did, did not lose. Because that's what you don't want. You don't want to light a fire under somebody like Georgia, who has the talent, who is just obviously just not, it's, it's not meshing somehow. As far as Alabama is concerned, Bryce Young has a sprained shoulder. He's had this before. He's out normally two to three days. So, and even if Bryce Young was out in the going to the Arkansas game, Alabama was up 28 to nothing, I think. 20, 21 to nothing, and then 28 to seven, maybe something of that nature. So the game looked, it didn't really look as close. As it, okay, it looked like it was a runaway. Then it looked like it got closer. Then it looked like a runaway again. So it was, it was just a different, like a different ball game all in itself. But if you look at Alabama's backup quarterback, Milrow, he looks 
not just as good as Bryce Young, but close. Well, and I would think with the talent surrounding them that, and, and the way they recruit, that it sounds crazy to say, but a Heisman Trophy winner, there might not be that big of a fall off. The onside kick certainly helped Arkansas as well, but I, I thought they, I thought they held up pretty good. Again, I have Arkansas barely on that second tier of teams. So I'm I'm considering the opponent as well. So the betting line for the Tennessee LSU game was pretty interesting yesterday. It started out, I believe in the preseason, it was six and a half. Amanda, correct me if I'm wrong. But now as as things have shaken out and it is actually game week, saw a couple of reports early in the day. That's why we just kind of held off to see where it would set. And saw a couple of reports early in the day that it was four and a half or five and a half. So at the end of the day, it settled at about three and a half. So that's that's a number that basically says this is a pick em because it's at LSU. I think Tennessee is so fortunate not to have to play a night game there. Cooper Mays, if you haven't heard it, uh, go to our YouTube channel. We'll play it a little bit later on the show today. He said it'll be 1030 there, so maybe they won't be as drunk. Um, so I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Cooper is great to talk to. So Cooper Mays on the YouTube channel. We'll have a Chris Landry as well later today. We'll hear from Cooper on this very show. And also, uh, we'll visit with uh, Jacob Warren this afternoon. So Jacob Warren will be on the YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed there, you can go ahead and just click the button right now. Why not make it easy and set your notifications on so you know good stuff's coming your way. We're here every single weekday morning at 8.30. But go ahead and click like, subscribe, and share. Like, subscribe, and share. And we would greatly appreciate it. i tell you what you'd greatly appreciate is Andy Mason of andymasonrealestate.com. I've known Andy since I was in high school. But I didn't know after we kind of parted ways in high school that he was a realtor. And I went with somebody else instead of Andy cost me thousands of dollars, maybe even five digits in a house transaction that I made. Since then, I've learned and moved properties with Andy Mason of andymasonrealestate.com. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it's really simple. Best service, best price, end of the day, that's what it is. It is uh, Andy Mason. So, We'll get to the message boards a little bit, uh, kind of your thoughts. Uh, Crazy says, I think the Bama win over Arkansas made them look better, but Georgia struggled for three weeks now. Sanford, Kent State, and Mizzou. Yes, uh, agreed with that. Um, with, with Georgia, I really have to wonder now if they are going to be the dominant just plug-and-play team that Alabama's program has been for a number of years. Let's not forget... Let's go back to the early 1980s. A guy named Herschel Walker led Georgia to a championship, and their defense was loaded. Okay, so he had one year left. He came back. They're definitely going to win another one, right? They have a loaded defense again, right? It didn't happen, and it took them 3,000 years later to win another championship. It's just like when people said that Tennessee is going to be just fine with this guy named Derek Dooley. At the time, I was like, I don't know. I've seen I've seen some programs fall apart before. I'm not saying Georgia is going to fall apart, but I'm saying winning a national championship is not as easy as Nick Saban has made it look. 
And I would say this for Tennessee too, guys, for you, you out there listening. When it comes to Tennessee, people think that either Nico or Taven Jackson or whoever is just going to step in and Tennessee's automatically going to be that much better. Amanda alluded to it. You can't gauge chemistry. You can't gauge what that means to a team. So that's no guarantee. I think Hendon Hooker is one heck of a leader. And does that just naturally happen with the next dude? I don't know. Nico and Taven seem like great guys. But still, chemistry is is really hard to predict. And you mentioned the sidelines, and I think there are some chemistry issues at Georgia. I So that's good news for the rest of the SEC East. If I made you bet a mortgage payment on it right now, Amanda, would you say that Georgia, other than – would you say other than Alabama wins all of their SEC games, you would think Alabama in the SEC championship game, even if they do drop one. But if I made you bet a mortgage payment that they win all of their SEC games, other than potentially playing Alabama in the SEC championship game, which way would you go? I take the field. I would too. I would yeah. too. And I would I, have done that before the season started. And then, you know, two, three weeks in, I was convinced, oh, okay, I was wrong. I was wrong. Nope. I was not wrong. No. Sorry. No. And um, I, I, no, I'm with you. And um, I would definitely take the field at this point, which I, I never thought I would have said before. And then, if you don't mind, give, give a quick Google because I missed it. What has Oregon done since Alabama, or, I'm sorry, Georgia laid it on them? earlier in the year because we really don't know anything after the first week to be honest with you what you do know is that uh, pedigo e-bikes in chattanooga is the way to go pedigo chattanooga locally owned store where you'll be treated like family is the region's foremost electric bike experts they put their hearts into helping you find the perfect electric bike and get the most out of it for many years to come they have service there which you don't have at other places and if you just buy an e-bike online then you are not going to get the same quality and you're not going to get the service and the support. Chris saying Georgia will get up for the Vols, but the Vols will get up for them as well. Should be a good game down there at their house, regardless of anyone's record. I don't know. Does Georgia still get up for, for Tennessee? I mean, Tennessee is not a rival to a lot of these teams, as, as harsh as that sounds. But these he's really they're not. Um, they, they're not viewed as a rival because they've struggled so much lately. So, Amanda, what's Oregon done since that Georgia game? So they're three and one. Uh, so they've, I mean, gone, you know, obviously undefeated since that. However, they did come back over a Pac-12 rival in Washington State to win in the fourth quarter. So it's not like they're just killing people left, right, and center. I mean, they're not, they're not great. And I don't think anybody ever thought they were great. They had Bo Nix's quarterback and were excited about it. I mean, it's not, it's not the best. I know that we talked about Tennessee and LSU and it's, you know, Tennessee's a three and a half point favorite, which actually makes them on a neutral field, a touchdown favorite. It's not really, it's not on a neutral. Well, it's, it's typically three points for a home field advantage. Right. So, so that gives LSU three points, which makes. Okay. Uh, well, okay. I got you. So, but that would be if it were at home. Anyway, somewhere in the middle. Who else did Oregon beat? Um, they beat their three and one. Defeated the Cougars. Yeah, right. Uh, it's it's this is a 
it's I could not find it on a thing. It's just no one talks about Oregon, so uh, I know that the Oregon. Um, let me pull up their schedule real quick. So we take a look at Oregon. Um, Oregon, uh, of course, lost to Georgia, forty-nine to three, and we all were ready to coronate uh, Georgia as the next great program in the SEC. They beat Eastern Washington 70 to 14. I didn't know there was an Eastern Washington. Solid win against BYU 41 to 20. And then they uh, beat Washington State 44 to 41. Squeak by. Yeah, squeak by. And Stanford 45 to 27. So you give them a lot of credit for that BYU game uh, handling a number 12 team. But again, if you want to do the comparative opponents team, which a game which can get you in a lot of trouble, um, let's see what uh, BYU has done since and before and after. It's 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 really hard sometimes because it's one of the things that I would like to change. And you and I've talked about it and somewhat disagreed about college football. Is if it we're all kind of together here, we'd have a better idea. So here here's what BYU's done, and I never thought we'd get here, but. Uh, they lost to Oregon. That's their only loss, and they've won uh, one overtime game to number nine Baylor. So that's a significant win. So, you know, maybe Georgia got too high after that first game against Oregon. Maybe they felt too good about themselves. I'm not sure, but it's not the Georgia team that I thought we would ultimately see. Uh, we'll find out if if they're anywhere close to as as dominant as as I thought they would be. You know, I may be dead wrong. A Monday night football tonight. Big Orange Phillies is a great place to watch it. They are fantastic. Big Orange Phillies is family friendly and a great place to hang out. We're going to be joined by Chris Landry of Landry Football right after this. Break down the SEC weekend. Stick with us back in two minutes. Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasty's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasty Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct service station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been, but it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas and fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. 
Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's repair. I I think this is kind of cute in the beginning, but I'm not sure it's sticking. <laughs> Squat the mashup. Welcome back. Hit that like and subscribe button because you should, and share as well because you get information that you can't get anywhere else, especially from a guy like Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. Chris Landry, how are you, sir? I am doing great. Uh, hope you guys had a great weekend. Good to see oh, you and Amanda. Bright, smiley faces this Monday morning. Yes, I actually, I think yeah, I've talked to you before about uh, – uh, I've always battled since I was like 18 with uh, insomnia. And uh, for some reason, it went away this past four days. So uh, I'm, I'm feeling chipper. I'm ready to go out and run a mile. Oh, good for you, man. <laughs> good for hey, you. Just wait, wait for after the show. We could use you here, you know, for the next <laughs> few minutes, if you don't mind. <laughs> Where, if you if you want to fill in um, on our message board, give uh, Chris Landry some questions. We'll be glad to fill those. His uh, appearance in part is brought to you by Owl's Nest Barbecue. Owl's Nest Barbecue right there in Ottawa has all the barbecue supplies you could possibly imagine, the sauces and the rubs. Go to Owl's Nest Barbecue. It is awesome. Chris is Georgia, even in a win, mm-hmm. not quite as good as you thought. Well, I think they're going through some issues. They're going through some what I consider complacency issues with you know, look, you can't just show up and win games. Um, they are banged up at receiver. There's a drop-off. Stetson Bennett's not the guy that can carry a football team. And they faced a Missouri team that I don't think is very good, but they played very good this past week and kind of slowed down Georgia's run game. So I think it's uh, let's, that's to be determined down the road. I think that um, it's a fair question. Um do I think they're still one of the three best teams in the country? Uh, I do. I think they're, uh, we're going to have to see them in Alabama as the, the season develops, but uh, it's still a separation between them and the rest. And, and here's what I would say is when I looked at it and this is always dangerous and this is why you worry about it as a coach is when they needed to get it done, they just turned it on. And, you know, that was an indication of how much better they are and how capable they are. But, this is why we harp on it as coaches. You can't play sloppy in games in which you're a big favorite. Even if you're going to win the game by 30 points, you can't. You develop bad habits. And I think right now they've developed some bad habits that they've got to figure out. But do I feel like they're going to get threatened against certain teams that they're going to play the rest of this game? Oh, I think they're going to play a whole lot better once the competition is better, which is not the way you want it as a coach, but – I still like them to run the run the table in the East. I was talking to Cooper Mays on uh, the Vol Report brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning about integrity, cityheatandair.com. You'll love those people. They'll take care of you. 
And Cooper said, you know, he didn't watch a lot of football because he plays a lot of football. And that's probably common. You're so busy with football that when you're playing, you don't watch as much as you want to. And he usually has a game. But with an off week, he said he just uh, laid back on his couch and his, his fuzzy uh, blanket and watched football for a couple of hours. And he said it looked like that they went they went heavy on one side with a uh, heavy tight end and just uh, tried to run the football at them. And I, I, I want to get your take on that, your eval on that. But also, is that something that Tennessee could even do with the type of offense they did? I mean, in other words, with what Missouri did, can Tennessee mimic that or are they just too different offensively? Um, well, they're different. Now, you're talking about Tennessee's offense or Tennessee's defense? Uh, Tennessee's, uh, Tennessee's offense, yes. So he, Cooper was telling me that he thought they went heavy, ran to one side, ran a heavy tight end that Missouri did mm-hmm. against Georgia. And he, and I don't know if, if Tennessee is able to do that or that'd be too vast of a change. Yeah, they don't. Tennessee yeah. doesn't, doesn't play that. They don't run that. They, they run the football, but they run it out of spread sets. Um, they don't um, they don't like to put the tight end as much into the run game as, as so no that's really not what they do and look I don't think that game was as much about Missouri as it was about Georgia as I said I think the the game really wasn't on that side the, the defense was fine the it was the off Georgia's offense that struggled down receivers, they, they oversimplified things. They were really slow to adjust. They seemed like we got this. And then look, they just stalled in the red zone, made mistakes in the red zone. I mean, they just settled for field goals. And um, that, to me, was the difference. I, look, I mean, Georgia fans have a right to be, and, and everybody has a right to say, oh, there's problems. We'll, we'll see. I mean, we're, we're going to – time's going to tell on that. I don't – one thing I think you guys know about me is since I don't really care who wins games or whatever, I kind of look at it as I see it and I see issues, but I see the issues as correctable, but I see some things that they need to have. They need to get some of those receivers back healthy because that's where it was. They said, you know what? We're not, we're going to play this close to the vest because you know, we don't really need to, be aggressive here and I think they found themselves in a game and I thought Missouri look did a really good job I don't think they're a really good team but it could be a problem and and the whole you know the the whole and I know Kirby said oh it's tough on the road it's tough when you don't play well Kirby it's tough when you your team's not motivated to play because Missouri's not that good of a team but they made them look really good. And I think that game was really all about Georgia and not about Missouri, first of all. I, and I don't think that's going to be reflective going forward. It might be. We'll see. Time will tell. But I'm not concerned about – you know, I think this. I think when you blow out Oregon and everybody thinks, oh, they're the greatest team they're going to run through, that's where I think, again, people overreact. Oh, they're the greatest team ever. Well, no, they're not. They look good. They're playing good. Now it's like the sky is falling. No, they're not. It's it's a little bit more even keeled. It's never as good as you think. It's never as bad as you think. Um, they may not be as good as – I know they're not as good as people were making them out to be after the win over Oregon because it's it never is. But I still think they are clearly the team to beat in the East. And 
Um, we'll see how that plays out with them in Alabama because I think that'll still be where we are at the end of the year. But, but maybe not. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Maybe there are other issues. That's the thing you never know is what if there are more issues? What if there are more injuries? What Then all of a sudden we got a different ball game. But all I can do is take it, you know, game to game, week to week, and see who's available and who's healthy and who's not. Yeah. Can you – did you watch, obviously you watch all the games, but did you see the sidelines, especially at during that Georgia-Missouri game? Can you give us a little bit of insight, maybe what's going on there um, or oh, what that means culture-wise? There's no culture issue there. It, it's frustration, particularly kind of when you're not playing well and you're missing assignments, you're not getting the check call and you're in the wrong place. People get frustrated. And that happens – all the time. I mean, it happens pretty much every game. It's just they they catch it more on TV now. But there's no culture. I think if anything, it showed a little intensity that needed to have. If they had played with that type of intensity and focus, that game would have been a thirty point game. So I, I kind of I'm not saying that <laughs> and pushing and shoving is great, but but sometimes you need that because sometimes you gotta. You know, if you feel like something is not getting done and they're going through the motions, I think other players tend to jump on teammates. So I don't see that as a real problem. And I guarantee you kind of the way that culture is, that's that's smoothed over. That That's, I think, always overplayed, quite frankly. Now, I think when things are really bad, you know, I think sometimes they, there can be a little bit more to that. But I, I to me, I – Guys, if I had a nickel for every time, you know, that stuff happened when I was there as a player or a coach, um, I don't know. It probably, it probably arrest me for some of the stuff I did in the sidelines. Yeah, well, you weren't Buddy Ryan punching Kevin Gilbride. No, I didn't do that. Although I, although there are a couple of times where I wanted to, to do it. But uh, I was, I was at, at a table where Buddy Ryan punched somebody in a meeting room. And the guy punches right next to me. So I came like this close to getting the punch, even though I wasn't the intended guy. That is so awesome. And I think that was on Monday. Yeah, awesome for you, but if it, yeah. if it, it might have been a broken jaw for me. The Kevin Gilbride thing, too, I think was on a Monday night football game. That it was, was a, It was a Sunday night football Sunday game night. Back, back in the TNT days, and that was uh, – <laughs> That was gold. That was security. Just... Security of the team is walking between Kilbride and Buddy Ryan. Oh man, what the the stories? Oh man, that's that's a that's a good off season uh, story one day to, to talk about. Uh, it is Buddy Ryan. It is. I want to get to LSU and get your breakdown of them uh, right now. So hit that like and subscribe button. Be sure and share. We greatly appreciate that. Yeah, LSU, I know, is in rebuilding mode. Mm-hmm. But what did you make of their game against Auburn? They get the win, but they didn't blow me away in any shape, form, or fashion. Where is this football team right now after a bit of a mutiny in, in week one? Maybe that's too strong. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it was week one was more about, you know, assignments, mistakes, frustration, uh, a little bit of a player, you know, Keyshawn Butte is a little bit of a me guy and that's not reflective of a, it's just, they've kind of calmed him down and I think they're fine 
culture-wise and everything, I think they've been fine since the beginning. It's always when you have a loss, it's, it's kind of overblown. They're trying to kind of figure things out, but they outcoached the heck out of Mississippi State. They found a way to make adjustments against Auburn. I think they're really well organized and they're very well coached. I just don't think they're as good. You know, I mean, I think people think LSU, well, they won again and they're really, really good. They don't have a passing game. Um, you know, they that that's a problem. Neither does Auburn. And, and, you know, I thought that they had some big time mistakes in coverage against Auburn. I mean, Auburn, you know, got out to a lead and we're in trouble. In fact, if it's not for the fumble, scoop, and score, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that LSU – LSU needed that big boost, kind of like AM got the boost against Arkansas with the with the fumble from K.J. Jefferson. I thought that flipped the game around in LSU's favor. Or I don't know if they would have won that game, but they did. And that's, that's maybe a little bit more about Auburn and, and their struggles of trying to trying to finish. But I think, I think you're catching LSU at the right time if you're Tennessee – this team's trying to find itself. Uh, there's a there's a whole lot of transfers that were brought in. There's the the the, the program talent wise was left adrift by Ed Orgeron, but there's still some talent, just not not nearly as much as we're. I mean, you think 2019 and how much talent could there be? It's a complete shift, you know. Guys that didn't go to the NFL transferred or whatever. So it's a it's a bit of a it's definitely a rebuild. But they're well coached. They ran the football pretty well against Auburn, which is impressive because Auburn has got a pretty good defensive front. Uh, but I don't think they can throw the football well enough. Look, this is going to be like, but you know, this is going to be the the game plan should be and will be like Florida's game plan was against Tennessee: run the football, keep it away from Tennessee. LSU can't keep up with Tennessee's, you know, mile, you know, uh, score. Uh, quickly and and they can't match points in the passing game in that regard. So they're going to have to control the game. Uh, but, but Florida did that pretty well. So that's going to be the key is, you know, for Tennessee is defensive. Like it is going to be pretty much for every game is can defensively they get off the field and can they create turnovers or slow down the opposition's run game to allow their offense to cook and breathe and get in rhythm. Because if Tennessee gets a lead, they'll win and win going away. Just like I said, against, Florida. Um, we know that kind of, uh, you know, or, or, or pit. both of those games were a little bit more challenging. They probably could have been and should have been. And the reason is defensively. So I think that's what I see defensively again for LSU. They can, they can rush the quarterback. Now that that's no joke. That's going to be quite the, it's going to be a like pit, but with better edge rushers. LSU's, you know, Ojulari in particular, but they've got guys that can rush the passer and then get home with four-man pressures. So Matt House is probably I'm, – I'm very curious to see how they're going to play it defensively. I've got some thoughts, but I don't know certainly yet what they're going to do. But um, it's going to be about what LSU can do coverage-wise and, and with base pressure to slow down Tennessee's offense. And that will determine how effective they can be on that side of the ball. But, but in the end, you can play well but you can't hold down Tennessee's offense for an entire game. So it's really going to come down to LSU's offense and ball control or lack thereof. That's going to determine this game. Yeah. So LSU, I think he, if I'm not mistaking their quarterback, 
got Mm -hmm. a little beaten up this past Mm -hmm. weekend against Auburn. What do you see? Do you think he's just, I know Bryce Young got also got beaten up, but you know, against Arkansas, but it's a sprained shoulder. This quarterback injury, how do you see this affecting, you know, the game coming forward? Well, I don't know what they're going to call it officially. My guess, and it's just a guess, I hate guessing on medical, but, you know, to answer the question, I, that's all I do. I, I think he's going to be good to go, although, again, I don't know. I think that what they're going to do is, um, you know, obviously today is going to be an important hand, you know, of how, how things are. But I think they're going to keep it um, – Hush, hush. What, what I think they may do is they may get gore, more reps for Gus, Garrett Nussmeyer this week. Garrett Nussmeyer can be a more effective passer. Jaden Daniels, you're defending the run. So it would make a lot of sense for LSU to kind of, you know, play it, the whole uh, Bill Belichick role, day-to-day, day-to-day, you know, whatever it is, and make Tennessee prepare for defending the quarterback run game if Jaden Daniels is playing or, you know, a little bit more, you know, passing game, drop back stuff with Garrett Nussmeyer. So I think they'll probably uh, play Jaden uh, Daniels, but I don't know that because obviously it's going to depend on health. He starts if he's healthy. If he's not, and I think they get a feel for that, then they're going to practice Garrett Nussmeyer more this week. So he'll be more prepared than obviously than what he was last week because you can you get about 75 80% of your reps to your number one guy. So if you're getting 20% of the reps, you know, 15 20% of your reps, you're, you're not you're not going to be as prepared to play in a game as you would if you've got a whole week where now you get the 80 or 90% of the reps the next week. Daniel asked a question. It's it's something that we've touched base on months ago. It said, is it possible for Tennessee to run a four-minute spread offense instead of going to a goal line style, or does the offense rely too much on the speed of play? You've been saying four-minute offense forever, and I thought they tried that just a little bit um, against Florida, but it, it needs to be – the next evolution of this offense. Yeah, you can you can run it out of the spread set. What you can't do is, you know, you can't line up. And people say this all the time. Well, I don't like when they do. Well, you can't practice all the time the spread in the tempo, and then all of a sudden, well, just line up and power and come off the ball. Well, you don't do that. You don't practice it. I mean, it's just you, you just that's not who you are. But you can slow down the tempo. And you can run the football and huddle, you know, with a lead. That's not what Josh likes to do. And their offense is built around, we got to trick you. And he's not going to say this, but he feels like, and rightly so, that they're not good enough to beat you lining up mano a mano. He's got to beat you with tempo. So their advantage is we'll line up quickly before the defense could line up and will attack you. And I don't think he's as comfortable, you know, with the reads. He's not as comfortable with being able to get the run game going consistently. So I think they feel like they have to be tempo-oriented to be successful. My thing is when you get a lead, if you're in a position to do that, that it's it behooves you to be able to line up, you know, in a huddle, Take your time, even if you don't want to huddle, just slow the pace down. 
because what it does, it yes, it helps you against the opposing defense, but it hurts your defense on the sideline because they're they're the weak point of your team anyway. And so it's just a bit of a philosophical difference of what I think versus what Josh thinks and it doesn't matter. It's Josh's team is Josh feels like, you know, the more points we score then the better. And, you know, my feeling is yes, that's true. As long as you score points, but the minute you drop the ball or you have an Eric pass and, you know, all of a sudden you've got a 24 point lead and it's seven point leads with five minutes left because you've not, been able to eat clock a little bit. My thing is, is I still want to score points offensively, but I want to have an element where I can run four minutes, six minutes off the clock, and then score seven. Because then game over then. Because you basically eliminated you – know, it it's not baseball. You, you don't have 27 outs. You know, you that clock is a big part of it. Um, but that's a, that's a Josh philosophy, and I don't think we're going to truly know – Josh's true feelings, regardless of what he says, but we're not going to know that till about three years from now because Josh feels like, rightly so, that that's the only way he can really win is to do it this way. Now, if he's able to recruit better, then I think he can maybe evolve to where he can still be a really good offense, but be able to implement more of the four minute stuff. Cause defensively they'll have better personnel, deeper personnel, but that depends on the recruiting. And, you know, right now the recruiting is good, not great, but I, I think a lot of that is just probably Josh's philosophy. In fact, I know it's Josh's philosophy, but will he adapt and adjust? I don't know. That's why I've always said, I think the ceiling for Tennessee, you know, everybody's excited and rightly so. If you're a fan of Tennessee and you're used to seeing what you've been seeing for years, you got a program with Josh that's going to win you eight games or nine games a year and go to nice bowl games. Is it a type of program, the way they're running it, that's going to win conference championships? No. But that may be good enough for Tennessee fans, you know, right now anyway. But I think when they're going to want to, when are we going to take that next step? Well, the next step is going to have to be, an alteration of the philosophy. I've explained it several times before. I don't know if people are getting it, but it's it's a lot like what Oklahoma has been, particularly under Lincoln Riley. That was good enough to win the Big 12, but he couldn't match up in the playoffs. He got hammered in most cases. That one game against Georgia in the Rose Bowl, that was close for a half, and then it flipped around. But running that style at Oklahoma or at Tennessee, unless you alter it, it's you're not going to get out of the SEC as long as the Georgias and the Alabamas are doing what they're doing. And, and quite frankly, if they're not, then somebody else will be a little bit more physical. And I, I think that, that Florida, for example, is going to build a program that's going to be more of a line of scrimmage team. It's a line of scrimmage conference. And right now what Tennessee's doing is doing a really good job of using their speed and their tempo to negate the lack of line of scrimmage advantages, disadvantages that they have. But at some, that can only get you so far. But right now, man, look, it's right away. Get excited because they're really good. And I've said it before. It may be an eight and four team, but they got a ten and two schedule. And you know the way things are, who knows? Maybe eleven ones. You know, not out of the question. But I still see them the same way. It's just about you know how they're able to compete. 
Chris's appearance brought to you in part by the Mattress Place. The Mattress Place, 22 years on Chapman Highway, Marine Corps veteran-owned. Tell them off the hook, sports sent you, and you'll get a great mattress at a great price. No gimmicks, 30 to 70% off each and every day and over 225 five-star reviews on Google. That's pretty incredible. So, as as far as uh, Tennessee defensively, I get this question all the time. Why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? Um, what would you do if you were Tim Banks and you were Tennessee's defensive coordinator to 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 make this defense a little bit better? Because I'm I'm well aware that he's hamstrung by talent, that he's hamstrung by an offense that puts them in bad situations. Are there any adjustments that really can be made or? Like they say, it is what it is. My least favorite saying of all time, but it is what it is. Well, I wouldn't coach defense with this type of offense. So this is a thankless job. <laughs> so you know, I'm not. I, I'm not. I wouldn't do it. Um, what you have to do is you have to recruit and get more depth and create more speed. So okay, I'm going to accept this challenge. I'm going to take this job, even though that's that's not what I want to do. I'm going to create turnovers in abundance i'm going to be very aggressive i'm going to take chances because i feel like hey like i got an offense that can go the length of the field quickly so i might not be able to get stops but i'm going to i can get turnovers that are the same thing as stops so i got to get more speed but you got to get better cover people you got to get more depth on the defensive line i mean you better have four Really good. I mean, high-level edge rushers and four high-level interior rushers. You better have you better have eight guys minimum that can rush the passer like a demon. Because you're going to have to play a lot of snaps. You're going to have to find a way to rotate them either by series or in snaps, depending on the type of team you're playing and the ability to adjust. I want speed, speed, speed. I want linebackers that can rush. I want slot guys that are good blitzers. I'm going to come after you because, okay, I'm going to give up a big play. I'll give up a touchdown. That's all right. I give up a touchdown. I'm going to get my offense back on the field and score points. You know, that's what we're going to do. I mean, because that's what I have to do. And you're not going to build a great defense if you're going to be on the field for that many snaps and your offense is going to, basically put your defense in peril it's going to always be the uphill battle you know it's it's the offense is it, the whole team is built around the offense and so it's like a running downhill you know so you got a race where it's the same distance but I, i'm running uphill defensively and they're running downhill just let that sink in so it's a it's tough to do um but that's what i would do that's that's the only thing i could do i use the analogy I think last week with you that, um, you know, good friend Phil Bennett was known as a really good defensive coach and did a lot of good things. Goes out to Baylor with Art Browse and, you know, and he's got to hold on. You know, it's like, hey, I we gave up 40 points. That a boy defense, you know, because, you know, because that's as good as you can do. You're playing 80 snaps a game. It's just, it's going to always be an uphill battle. And, the challenge and the difficulty with that is what happens if your offense has an off day? 
then you become not an average team. You become a, a below average team. You see, that that it's kind of like a basketball team. If you're a great shooting team and you don't rebound, you don't play defense, it's fine as long as you shoot. What if you go into a cold streak? You get blown out. You don't rebound. You don't play defense. That's not what you do. So to me, to be great, not to be good, it's not that difficult to take this scheme. This scheme is really good. What Tennessee does is really good to take you from bad to competitive. But the challenge is competitive to great. In order to be great, you have to win with that big toolbox, right? Because great teams win in different ways. Georgia played poorly, couldn't run the football. That's what they do. They really, Stetson Bennett was awful. They found a way to make a few plays to win it. Okay, they, you find ways to win on special teams, on defense, and you got to be able to win multiple ways because there are going to be games where your offense may not be as sharp. Your defense has to take over. Your, your special teams have to create turnovers, create field position, whatever. The ability to do multiple things in different ways is the key to being great because you're not going to win the same way all the time. But if you have to win the same way all the time, then you might be able to win enough games to appease your fan base. But the question is, and you guys tell me, I think Tennessee fans are ecstatic right now because of where they've been. But let's go five years from now. Right. If they're winning eight games and nine games a year, are they happy or they're sitting, well, wait a minute, because that's what they are. They're probably a, a program with this style that's an eight, nine win team a year with the only variable like this year where if the schedule's weaker and it, maybe you can win 10 or 11, but are you going to, this whole thing about, look, Tennessee's getting ready to rise up and take over the East. They're not, to me, that's not where, this is not the type of scheme and this type of style that's going to allow that to happen unless everybody else comes back to the pack, which I don't see happening. You know, right now the East is wide open other than Georgia. And, you know, Alabama's going to be good in the West. But, see, that's the difference. And Tennessee has to play those team, two teams twice a year. And, you know, we can sit there and say for the next six years, you know, is Tennessee going to play Georgia and Alabama? How many of those games would they win in, say, let's say in five years? So they play those two teams, 10 games. How many of those 10 games will they likely win over those two teams? Maybe a couple, two out of 10 maybe three, you know, will they win the, I mean, that's my point in this. So I'm looking ahead because I can right now they're getting it done in a big time way because this is what they need to do to be successful now. So I'm just in, in intrigued by where Josh is going to take it. Is he going to get out of his comfort zone and, and be able to build a program that's maybe can take it to the next level. Cause I think what he's doing is, is kind of getting to pretty much where ceiling's going to be. I, I think I can answer part of that question. I think after next year, if Tennessee, if the, even if they win nine games this year, everybody's ecstatic after nine games next year, it's going to be wins the next step. And then I think we'll see if Josh Heupel is, is able to make that adaptation, that evolution in his game and you're right i mean this is what he's comfortable with it'd be outside of his his comfort zone so uh amanda you want to jump in there got it or do we want to include 
Chris in today's tough question. It's uh, we are. We're going to include Chris in today's tough question. All right, Chris. tough on a yeah. Monday morning. Tough question. Yeah. Oh, in the hot seat, man. Okay, like a five a.m. workout. Here we go. Today's tough question is brought to you today by our friends at Bassy Lawn and Garden. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Bassy Lawn and Garden has every possible mower you could want. Be it residential, be it commercial, be it um, whatever. They've got it, and they got the hedgers and trimmers, too. Today's Tough Question. We do our research. Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's Tough Question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soup, eh, Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrada. You drinking my sake, Kimosabi? Oh, my God. All righty, Amanda. What's today's Tough Question? We usually lead the show, but... Uh, Chris, you weren't here. I, w- I went on a rant about the Tua thing, and uh, that that took up some time. So yeah, we talked about that, didn't we, Amanda? That was yeah. we, we talked about it Friday because um, yeah, it was Thursday night. We talked about that. Yes, Friday. we did. We had a some lot. good stuff about that. Yeah, especially coming from you being on the sidelines, you've seen you've seen things like this. So it was a very good um, insight that way. Today's tough question. We've. We've talked about LSU. We've talked about, you know, everything happening in the SEC. So out of Tennessee's schedule, that the people that they have left, mm-hmm. who are they most likely going to drop the game, drop a game to? If you had to, if you had to pick one team that they're going to lose to, what team would that be? And I'm going to give four options. I'm going to give, obviously, Georgia, Alabama, Kentucky, and then we'll do. I guess LSU is the last one. Would you Would you say out of the the schedule? I would go Most LSU. Likely. Yeah. So those really, four. Chris, the decision is going to be between um, Alabama and Georgia, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, they play Georgia on the road, Alabama at home. It's just easy to say, you know more likely to beat Alabama and Knoxville. But I, I think, I mean, I think, I think, uh, I think uh, both Alabama and Georgia will beat Tennessee. I, I think it's, but you I got, think, but you got to pick one, Chris. That's what, uh, well, I, that's it. I'll just take the home. I take the home game with Georgia. You know, I mean, I think both of those teams are better. I don't think Tennessee can beat those teams. I, th- I think those teams have to lose to Tennessee. Just like I really didn't think, Tennessee could, um, Florida could beat Tennessee. Tennessee would have to lose the game, and that happens. I mean, it it, it happens. So I think I would say uh, they're more likely to beat Alabama, but I don't think they're going to beat Alabama. I mean, I, I'm trying to, you know, I mean, I don't answer the question. So I would say Georgia, but they're I think both of they'll lose both of those games. I think they should beat LSU, and I think they should beat Kentucky. Um, you know, so I'm gonna gonna say those are they should win but again they have an off night offensively turn the football over they, they could lose either one of those games too the rest of them you know despite what you saw out of missouri this past week and they should win those games chris i will talk to you soon have a uh, fantastic rest of your day and we look forward to chalk talk that's on our youtube channel and all the content that you've been providing 
has been awesome. So we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Hey, thank you so much. Take care. Have a great rest Landry. of the show. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, LandryFootball.com. So we want to say what is the most dangerous opponent remaining on Tennessee's schedule? I, which would you pick of those four? So I just said out of the remaining games on Tennessee's schedule, which team do you think is most likely to beat the balls? Okay. Um, um, Alabama, Georgia. I guess we could go Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and Kentucky, or we could do Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and then none of the above. No, I think Kentucky's solid. I mean, that's a top 20 team that stylistically is going to be way different than Tennessee. Um, yeah, I, I mean, at this point, I, I would actually – well, that's see, that's tough for me because I think Alabama – I think Tennessee's a slightly better matchup schematically against Alabama. Um, but I think Georgia is having some finding themselves issues. So it's between those two. I guess I would say it's tough to go down to Georgia and get a win. And so I would say Georgia would be the most dangerous or the most okay, likely to lose, however, however you want to phrase it, out, out of that out of that group. So, um, I guess, yeah, I, w- I would go Georgia. I- I'm like Chris, though. I think it would be an incredible upset for them to beat either of those teams. So, uh, Shadow Wolf saying Amanda looking like she got a uh, game. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand that. If we go down there and kick their butts from the start, fast on and on and on, that won't understand that. Okay, we're going to have to work on uh, some typing there. Shut up, Wolf. Georgia is the toughest, he said in the next post. Okay, that was a that was a little more concise. More after this, today's tough question. We'll get your thoughts. Go to our Twitter page, and we will be sure and uh, get you on there. What were you going to say? To interrupt? He says it looks, it looks like I got game. Oh, got game. Okay. Yeah. Maybe uh, you're younger. Maybe you should read the messages from now on. Back in two minutes off the hook sports. It's Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vassy's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vassy Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct service station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been but it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas, fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. 
Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Alrighty, welcome back. Uh, Shadow, I want to clarify, I wasn't dissing Amanda. She does. Yeah. So that was sweet. Yeah, I got it. So the, when you get to the kids talk, it. Uh, the yeah. kids are saying. Yeah, the kids. The kid by kids, anybody younger than 35. Uh, Sam saying, what can Tennessee learn from the Kentucky Ole Miss game? Ole Miss has a similar style like Tennessee. That's a great question, Sam. And we did allude to it at the very beginning of the show. So remind you can listen to the whole show, but I'll go ahead and address it now. I think they can learn that they can score because you have to remember that with, with Lane Kiffin and the way things are going in Ole Miss right now, because they don't have NIL money to compare, they are transfer you transfer portal. You that's what they're going to be. So they are going to continue to work in transfers. So the chemistry offensively is still not, I guarantee you where Lane would like for it to be. But it's going to be there with Tennessee. So what can you learn? It's do the same thing you've been doing, and you should be able to do it at a higher level than Ole Miss did, and they beat Kentucky. So I think you just learn to keep rocking on, and I think Tennessee should beat Kentucky. Um, Their offense is even better than it was last year, and they continue to gel. And, yes, I think that – at the beginning of the year, I thought Kentucky was a coin flip. At this point, I'm probably 70-30 Tennessee beats Kentucky. So uh, brought to you by Craft Treats today in part. Craft Treats is phenomenal. Check out the chill pills. Man, the chill pills are unbelievable. The chill pills are just so good for your pet. Uh, they have uh, the ability to help with uh, digestive issues, which I wasn't aware of. They have the ability to help with the arthritis issues and they're all available at craft treats. And don't forget you save 20%. That's 20%. If you check out with the exclusive code off the hook, that's 20% off the hook. And they're great for anxiety too. I'll give you a, for instance, that happened this morning. Um, We're having some gravel put down in the driveway. So I heard, the mechanical equipment coming in at exactly 8.28 when we start at 8.30 every morning. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Uh, or like the Derek Dooley, oh, my God. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, well, I broke out the chill pills 30 seconds before the show. And we were good to go. And you haven't heard my dog bark once. So Oh, I was like, did you grab a chill pill? Because you were not alluding to the dog at any any time until then. Oh, yeah, the dog. I, the dog was going to bark and go crazy, but uh, so we're all good. Uh, again, use the uh, go to craft treats, get the chill pills, and you can use off the hook, and you will be able. Let me double check that. Uh, is it off the hook sports or off the hook? Okay. Off the hook. Just use off the hook, and you're going to save 20% off. How cool is that? And you're going to love, love, love the way it will help your dog. And again, with me, it's big time, big time with the arthritis because my dog's getting a little older and a little bit more. Uh, he's getting, I don't know, maybe he's getting that second kick 
He's a little more spry. He doesn't struggle to jump up the bed. I think he is spry. That's think, that's for sure. Yes, he's a nipper. Be he, careful. it's well. I when he did when he nipped me that once, that one time I was like, wait, did did you just nip me? Because it doesn't hurt at all. It's just like a. Uh, yeah, he he just wants you to know what he's got there. It's like a jab. Yeah. It's not the uppercut. It's not a full right cross. It's just a. Here's what I got. Here's what he's, I got. I, I can use these at any moment. Careful, lady. I'm like okay. Yes, uh, Sam saying using Chris's logic, Kentucky lost to Ole Miss. Ole Miss uh, did not beat uh, Kentucky. Um, That's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, at twenty-two to nineteen, if you're, if you're Lane Kiffin, you want to be beating people forty to something. So no, I don't. Yeah, I, I see your point there, and uh, both guys, I think that's a, a really good point. So, um. Amanda, as 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 we look at this this football game, Tennessee LSU, it was crazy to me that Chris said, and I trust him, that it's not a very talented LSU team. On the surface, if you just landed uh, on on the planet and from Mars, and you didn't know anything about it, you'd say LSU has talent because they usually always do. I mean. The two worst coaches, in my opinion, in the history of college football to win a national championship for Les Miles and Ed Orgeron. And they did it because they were super overloaded with talent. And uh, for him to say that is, I thought, very, very intriguing. It's a lot like the Florida League. It feels just like that. And, and I know that you know we cover Tennessee a lot closer, and I understand that. But it does feel set up for Tennessee should win this game. Doesn't mean they will, but should win this game. I go back to some of the mistakes that they've made um, in terms of uh, against Pitt, uh, against Florida, where I don't think they were completely all on the same page or something was going on. I'm not sure. Um, turnovers were a big part of it against, against Pitt, of course, and special teams woes. But I go back. And look at if Tennessee plays a B plus game, they win this game 100% of the time. Yeah. If they play a B game, 50 50. Other than that, it's coin flip. Then you have to take into account what LSU does. But the fact that it's an 11 o'clock a.m. game, LSU practices in the evening. Um, and this is a big difference to me. Don't, don't, I can't tell you this often enough because all the teams I covered, practiced in the afternoon so a noon kickoff i think some players would rather just get kicked right in the gut before a game than play a noon kickoff they absolutely hated it nowadays talking to some some players yesterday they say we we love morning games why because they're practicing as we as we're talking right now if you're watching live And they're ready to get and go at noon Eastern or what would be 11 Central. So they hate night games across the board. Every player I've talked to hates night games because you sit around at the hotel. And I accidentally, I purposely didn't stay at team hotels, but I accidentally stayed at one. And I did notice that it must be absolutely horrible just to sit there and you just eat all day. That's pretty much all you can do. And I think it's a huge 
No, I think it's. Don't want to do that. No, I think it's a huge. I, I mean, let's talk gambling terms for a second. If that's a seven o'clock game, as opposed to a, a a seven Eastern, as opposed to an eleven Central, or we'll make it easy mm-hmm. six and eleven. We'll stay in Central. I I truly believe that's worth two points. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I don't especially at LSU, I think LSU gets, if it's seven o'clock LSU's, you know, I think would be favored maybe at a seven o'clock game, just because it's so hard to play down there at, at night. And, you know, they've like Cooper alluded to, they've been up drinking. They need their sleep a little bit for the game. Yeah. Yeah. There's I mean, so, but the, and the other good part about, a night game at LSU is the fans are so drunk. They don't really remember if they lost. Let's get to message board bingo. Here. Random shot. Wait till you hear my favorite shot at uh, Alabama that I take every, every week. You'll love that one. Oh, every I'm year. sure I will love it. Every year. There's one guy, Jesse Smithy of five star preps. I would highly suggest subscribing to that website. And he still, I could say that in May, and he can't help but giggle. It's my favorite joke. But I got to save uh, it. Anyway. All right. And it's so stupid because all these, hey, you're a southern hillbilly. Everybody lives in the south. Every, I mean, every, I mean, it, I mean everybody every, in the SEC lives in the south. Yeah, but you know what else is hilarious to me? It's not even that the the Southern teams or the people in the SEC are like, you're a hillbilly. It's people that are like Ohio that are like, y'all are a bunch of hillbillies. And I'm like, meh, have you seen your state? Have you driven but through I, it? I, but I can at least, I can at least understand that. And we ran right through the message for bingo bed, which is my fault. Let's try again. All right, here we go. Okay. All right. So anyone get the feeling our coach is shaving points. This is bad. Trying to get that buyout guaranteed. Oh, I know who this is. Who? Oh, you can't say yet. Yeah. All right. So you got 10 seconds. If you can type in the answer, you'll win a T-shirt. And But you've got to beat me. And now you have about five seconds. I believe I know who this is. I, it's one of two teams, I think. Um, is can, give us a hint. Is it an SEC team? Yes. Okay. Brandon says Auburn. Nope. I don't think it's That's Auburn. True. It's Auburn. It's Auburn. Yes. They just lost. How are they shaving points? I don't. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. I don't know. That's true. I have no idea. It's an Auburn fan. What do you mean? Stop trying to make sense of it. It's not going to help. Gonna say maybe, I was going to say maybe Georgia or Ole Miss because they, they've oh, shown the ability Georgia. to score more points. Nope. That's okay. Auburn. Okay. Auburn doing Auburn things. It's a drunken Auburn message board.com. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Okay. We, got more shirt, we, we got maybe two more shirts to give away. Okay. Uh, Brandon, be sure and email me at Dave at off the and I'll hook you up. If you don't hear right. from me within a day or two, then let me know because some of these have been going to spam. Go ahead. So we should give our coach another contract extension, but add a few clauses along the lines of 
One, anyone over the age of 50 may not hold an offensive playbook, nor will they be allowed to call offensive play calls of any kind. Two, defensive play calls may not allow three lineman sets to exceed 25% of all defensive downs. Any violations of the above terms will effective immediately terminate this contract. I think I know who this is, but I don't feel good about it. SEC. All right, who we got? Anybody want to throw a guess out there? Because I am going to go with Sam goes with Kentucky. That might be going dog attack over there. The I'm Ken- sorry. Is it Kentucky? No. Is it not Kentucky? No, it is actually um before my dog freaks out. It's Texas AM. Oh, AM. Brandon, you've already won a shirt. Brandon's were- good. What Brandon's cheating. You are good, Brandon. Uh, but you were a little bit late. I think Brandon is cheating. You're not allowed to you're not allowed to Google. No, no Googling on this thing. Uh okay, so all right, do you, do you want to do one more? Do you want because we've given away one shirt. We have an allotment of shirts. Do you want to do one more? Yes, I think I do, unless Ava has a problem with it. Apparently she yes. might. One more. Um, Here we go. All right. Are we the new Kansas? This is not a team that's easy. Looking at the remaining schedule, it's conceivable we go winless in the Big 12 this year, finishing a strong 2-10 and 10 in year four of our coach's nightmare. At least F1 is exciting to watch. Big 12 team. Yeah. Clearly. Well. It's a racing country. Ugh. I want to say somebody. There's a part of me that wants to. Uh, Sam says Mizzou. It's not a Big 12 school, Sam. Yeah. I'm going to go with Indiana. It's also not a Big 12 school. That's true. I don't know. West Virginia, RG1 says. Yes, it's West Virginia. All right, uh, RG1, send me your uh, information and we'll get you a t-shirt. Again, David off the hook, sports.com. And uh, we want to get to this day in sports history because there are all kinds of good things to learn on this day in sports history. This day in sports history. Putting things in perspective, exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old, when you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda LaFrada. You kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer. I don't usually do birthdays, but what an eclectic group. Tommy Lee, drummer for... Motley Crue. That was my first concert, by the way. It was Motley Crue and Thompson Bowling Arena. And yeah, and he had been cited the concert before in another city, not to moon people at the end of the show, which he always did. And at the end of the show, he did it again in Knoxville and got... uh, cited or arrested or whatever the term would be but it was super cool because i'm sure you've seen the video where he has the spinning drum kit it's a spin like it spins 360 it spins over and over 
So that was the concert before I saw him. So to match it, imagine this in Thompson Bowling Arena. They would never allow this to happen. His drum kit was hung from the very top of Thompson Bowling Arena on a, and he's playing the drums and it would go back and forth from one end of Thompson Bowling Arena to the other. Does anybody else out there remember that? It was unbelievable. So, like, even though we had terrible tickets and we were on the upper deck at Thompson Bowling, at one point I could have hit Tommy Lee with a football. You should have. You're not a fan? No. The the origin of the uh, I know too much about you kind of tape. And then um, uh, uh, Dave Winfield is 71 today. Uh, Dave Winfield the one of the best athletes that we don't talk about he actually could have probably well he was i think he was drafted in the nfl i think he was drafted in major league baseball oh i know he's drafted in major league. and i think he was uh, an nba prospect as well and uh yeah you talk about a great all-around athlete uh, maybe uh, like a poor man's bo jackson so to speak he, he could do it all just natural incredible ability and uh, then lastly, Gwen Stefani is 53. That makes me feel incredibly old. Wow. Gwen, St- Gwen Stefani in general, thumbs up, thumbs down. She's my first CD, no doubt. Tragic Kingdom, when there were CDs back then, kids. Really? So when did you buy that CD? I don't know. I It was bought for me. I didn't buy it. It was two CDs. I got them at the very same time. And it was an Easter basket, which is random. Um, but it was Quinn Stefani is no doubt Tragic Kingdom and the Spice Girls. So you want to go on wow. music. Yeah. Yeah. I have a This Day in Sports History, by the way. Oh, okay. What do you got? Yeah. It's it's yesterday's, though. It's going to be from yesterday. That's fine. That's fine. By the uh, way, I always, if I may, that no doubt should have named their albums after the different band members, because this would be unique. Other bands can't do this because they're all male, but they could name the albums after each band member that Gwen Stefani had slept with. Go ahead. This <laughs> she kind of ran. It's a it's a early on a Monday, Dave. On you a ran, Monday. You, so one of the songs is about it. It is somebody she dated. No, it don't. Band member. It's about his band member. It's about a band member. I promise. Yeah, I know. They dated. They were like engaged. I know, but how uncomfortable would that be? All right, we've got a 160-stop tour, and I've got to do Don't Speak in front of you and all these thousands of people. Yeah. And, yeah. But they also ended up, she also ended up singing a song about how it was great that they went their separate ways and they see each other and they're happy for each other and yada, yada, yada. Anyway. Um, so on to the bassist. Dear God. Okay. So this day in sports history, as of yesterday, Antonio Brown posts photo of him and Giselle gleefully hugging on Instagram, alluding to the fact that he is the problem in their marriage. That guy. Giselle and Tom's marriage. Okay. So we'll end where we began. Brain injuries matter. The trauma. And I still think the Vontez, uh, I can't remember, perfect. I can't remember his last name. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, that is, 
that hit changed things for Antonio Brown. Well, I don't know because he was that way in college, like in college, and people don't remember that because he wasn't well known then. Well, then he went from goofy to super goofy. Uh, Nutrition World is where you need to go for all of your supplements. Nutrition World, all you have to do is click on one of their ads on our website. Uh, Nutrition World, it has the e-commerce store where you can uh, purchase it all right there and be taken care of. Know that you'll get great service and know that you can buy all your supplements there at the best price. And they're the best supplements. They are uh, absolutely uncovering uh, the cause. If you feel that your mind and your body are not currently operating optimally, Nutrition World is for you. They've got all the supplements you could possibly need, and and uh, they are fantastic. So that is Nutrition World. Have a great day, everyone. This is a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.